Yo! Welcome to another episode of the Where It Went podcast, where we are still discussing the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. Jason, yeah, tell everyone what we're talking about today. This week, we're talking about the Game Face LP, Every Last Time, released in 1999, Revelation Records number 75. I know this is a, a big record for Greg, and we'll get yeah. well, a, big, a big band for Greg. Yeah, yeah came. Out, I think this one came out on my 18th birthday, if I'm not mistaken. We'll get to all that, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm just going to jump right in and say that it's already time to... Bam! Bam! Uh, so uh as a, as of the recording of this today we have an episode out if you missed it for some reason you can go back and either on your listening platform of choice or on the whereitwentpodcast.com and you can listen to an episode where the two of you Greg and Jason talk to uh Tomb and <laughs> Casey, Casey Iodine about Tomb. these the slip reissue in the book i just want i was not part of this conversation but i wanted to give a special shout out to greg for setting that up and to iodine records for sending us the books yo that it really is like a fucking gold standard like okay i have the i got the civ book um from rev i'm just gonna go ahead and say that my my stamp inside is i'm a little let down by it thanks rev but uh or whoever did it but let's just say one of the big records like start today bringing it down uh we're not in this alone break down the walls whatever if one of those records were to come out with like a fucking 50 page hardcover book full of flyers memories blurbs whatever yo that would be unreal if you have if you have not checked out the slip reissue sonically i didn't it's it sounds good it's but one of the things that i really appreciated about that episode too is iodine talking about how important it was to have that record in press if anybody wants to ever buy that record he wants it to be affordable you could just grab one it doesn't need to be a fucking hundred dollar you know 50 page book or whatever so um that's my bit at bow for the week is to the two of you and to iodine and tomb and also i didn't want to know that it was jerry x i thought it oh, was you wanted G- to be i, I wanted to be the jerex <laughs> i was actually going to interject too and say i think the the cool one of the cooler takeaways from that conversation was the fact that you know at the end of the day casey they want to have this in print and i think more classic things should be in print i don't think they should be this super hard to obtain thing for people that want physical media i get you know we're in an era where really you can get everything if you want it for free but not everybody yeah but let, but take like that. take ssd right the kids will have their say you can't can't fucking find it anywhere right am i am i wrong on that well it's coming out finally yeah it's coming out soon right yeah allegedly but you know what you can find something that i find superior to listen to dys brotherhood 
So that just goes to show what's what's out there in the world and what's not that's accessible. Because you can't stream, you can only stream a couple of SSD records and they're whatever. And the, so the book, the book uh, version as of today, when I uploaded that episode, I put a link is still available as well. So uh -huh. people have the choice with that iodine of um, you know, the book, the gatefold version, or just a standard. So really cool. Speaking yeah. of other episodes in recent memory, I do want to give a, a bit of bow to our friends at End Hits Records. Uh, we did the episode with, well, I did the episode with Values Here, uh, you know, Purcell's new band with him and Tim Bold and Vinny, uh, who played, you know, in the live lineup with Bold and Youth of Today. I've seen him uh i don't know he might have even played in some others and uh, their singer chewy who's uh lives in barcelona uh their new record uh is out um and some of the pressings are already sold out wizzy was telling me that they are going to have a limited liquid version um with like the liquid inside limited to 15 so basically just sign liquid, up for the end liquid death inside <laughs> What's it? What's liquid death? Uh, <laughs> Exclusive. So sign up, liquid sign death up you know, follow the end hits Instagram, uh, sign up for them there. I, I believe there's a mailing list. Um, endhitsrecords.com in the U S you can get their releases through death wish Inc. Um, there's a new as friends rust that came out. Um, you know, he's done a bunch of stuff. There's, you know, hot water music, um, the don't sleep record. So, a lot yeah, of stuff. Bitaboda Oizi, uh, he now lives in the same time zone as me, and we've actually been talking a little bit more uh, now that we're yeah. we're both nice. gro grown ass men who get up early, but we're on the same time. We zone might have to, we might have to have him back sometime for uh, maybe he gets better Wi Fi. Ah, <laughs> and then finally, I do want to give one more bit of bow just um, on the other bonus episode we had um, calling hours. Uh, as we are recording this, they're in Europe, um, but the record comes out um, in November on Rev, and there's pre-orders up, um, and I was able to hear, and it's it's awesome. If you like, uh, you know, hearing Popeye sing over some crunchy, catchy guitars, so a bit of bow to them, and check out any of these episodes if you haven't. That's all I got. But I've been getting a, a lot of calling hours sponsored ads. Um, I've been getting a sponsored ad for a beanie that turns into a ski mask, which is very relevant to my life. And I've been getting uh sponsored a calling ad. hours one. No, or, uh, just, uh, that's just a separate one. <laughs> and then, and then also a calling hours. I, I totally thought it was ad. a calling hours one. Hey, if calling hours had a, a ski mask, I'd be into it. I'm just going to throw that out there. You guys. Jason, right, you got anything this week? Yeah, just real quick. We were talking about reissues and uh, the Bold Speak Out reissue came out. Artwork by John from Give and Shining Life Press. He did a, an amazing job with the packaging. It's a 40-page booklet. Did it's you see gatefold. it? Have you, it? Have you held it? It's, I got it right here. It looks awesome. Wow. I got it in the mail. It's gatefold, <laughs> embossed cover, and there's a lot oh, of... Oh, damn. Rev sent you one? I got one. And I designed a shirt for that same reissue. It's some of Powder Blue Tea and Simon One Trick Pony designed a bunch of other awesome shirts. So you can pick one of those up. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're aware of the bold reissue. But it looks awesome. It looks awesome in person. 
there's a lot of photos that you know and it's there's different outtakes of it the one where they're outside of the van hanging out with sunglasses on there's a yeah. different hey I different have, I, versions of my that, son so. my son shipped a bunch of those out from did he <laughs> vegan. nice yeah. um i there's i have a meme saved that's got that photo with them standing outside the van and it just says hi haters <laughs> i mean i'm i'm excited to get like it you looks know, good with with represses it's got to be something a little different for me to want to you know if you have an original um and this seems different enough because while it stays true to the original with the gatefold i mean the embossed cover seems awesome and then the book so definitely something i want to get my hands on i love that i love bold um, yeah i, I made... think john is the number one bold fan that i can think of when i think of bold i think that of john from give is the number one bold fan and you can tell with Although so I'm hoping the they do something with the seven inch and oh god with looking back looking back that would be nice but they need to do the seven inch as the seven inch and then looking back the different mix and all but that's some real like nerdery stuff we'll save that for another time but yeah yeah no awesome uh it's fucking bold man they they rule so yeah I'm I'm gonna hopefully get my hands on one soon I'm gonna get one from um Siren Records. You can mark that on the bingo that I mentioned them. Um, but yeah, maybe cool. my maybe my wife will order me one from Siren Records. <laughs> hey, that's two <laughs> on the bingo. Three. So yeah, so why don't we get in the interview? This was yeah, a cool conversation. Uh, talked with uh, Jeff, who we've had on many times, but also Todd, uh, the guitar player, Todd Trout, uh, for the first time talking to him. Super cool guy, and Steve uh, Sanderson who played drums so enjoy So, yeah, before before we get into every last time, um, and by the way, here, for those listening, we have uh, Jeff Caudle, who, you know, we've had on here a bunch, but the first time doing an actual release. This is, this is the very first time, uh, yeah, first official. Um, and we'll gonna probably, get, we're, we're going to introduce very, you again in the main episode anyway, so probably don't You're going to get something very part. different from me today, I'm sure. <laughs> And then uh, we have uh, Todd Trout and uh, Mr. Steve Sanderson. Welcome, Hello. guys, first timers. So before <clears throat> we, so this will be just for our patrons. And I've talked to Jeff about it a little bit, um, but I wanted to touch on the the Doctor Strange era real briefly. Get your guys' thoughts. And I know um, for those listening, Cupcakes has just been. Yeah, pressed on a twelve inch. I really liked, by the way, Jeff the uh, the 
the promo video taking the two seven inches and or the seven yeah. inch and CD and yeah, that them together. Awesome. <clears throat> um, I still got to get my hands on that. I wonder if uh, the record store will get it. Uh, if not, I'll just order it. But anywho, um, that was my introduction to the band. Was was cupcakes right on uh, Steve's as well. That was first uh, record with Steve. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, let's let's talk about cupcakes for a minute. Yeah. Um, was there? Was it part of the reason that it was an EP just because you had Steve and you wanted to get something out sooner rather than later with him on it? Was there ever thoughts about that being a full length? Because it was two years after, um, you know, after three years already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never know. And we, and we, we were never like good at planning, you know, like planning a <laughs> career of any, any, you know, like I'm, I'm sure it was like, let's just get something out. We have a new drummer. We want to just, we want to keep the momentum because, you know, that was coming off of uh three to get ready, uh, change up of a drummer, some new songs. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure it was, let's just put something out. Um, this is like, a snapshot of what we are doing at this, at this moment, like a stopgap type. But I, 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 I want to think that even when we were recording cupcakes, I, we, I had, oh, we had already sort of thought, been thinking, or I at least was thinking ahead, like I'm going to play guitar with this band soon. And maybe it was like, look, this is the last of the songs, you know, before that transition, maybe that was the thinking why it was an EP and why it was just that, you know, five songs or I don't so, know. I'll, say, I'll, I'll jump in. Cause I yeah, think jump I, in, I, please. I, I have a little more clarity. So we were already, you, you know, had already written a few songs. Um, it's like chasing the sun. Actually, let's go back. We wrote on our U S tour. Yeah. Right. When we were, yeah. uh, we were actually in the studio with Brian McTernan and we were re-recording retraction and Jeff was actually playing, I think, a guitar track on there and doing vocals. So that's when we kind of wrote Chasing the Sun yeah, in the yeah, studio. Yeah. And you, just, uh, you wrote it on bass. Right? I did write it on bass. And it's very guitar-y on bass. So you can hear that. And yeah. Paul actually wrote the guitar parts. So we started then. And then we were on our European tour. And you had written Only Souvenir. And I remember you and I kind of, you were like, hey, check this song out. And you're kind of strumming through it. And I think that was when we kind of created that. And also you wrote Somebody Saves This Boy on that same European yep, tour yep. that started. Yeah. And I think that was uh, when Bradley from Sublime, we'd found out he had you know, yeah, yeah, died. Yeah. I, I remember we sound checked that song. I think we, we were, we were like working it out on the, to, on the tour. So I think those songs were already in the, and then on that same European tour, and I don't want to skip ahead, but it involves every last time, like, you know, I had written some lyrics about shock tester and gave them to you. And then you completely did, you know, your Jeff thing and made it a hundred times better. And, uh, took maybe like one line, like the, the faded dreams of 4th of July yeah, I think yeah, was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. in there. But so we had already been working on that. And I was going to say into segue, maybe this is perfect. Um, you had written like easy way already. And we had kind of tried it with Phil and that's when we brought Steven. And so, I would say to officially launch this to set the table, I, I had written down that was like I think our first song we jammed with you, Steve. The easy yeah, way it was. And yeah. we I was gonna like, ask how Steve joined. Like Steve, how and, did and you it was like this rock that was when Game Face ceased being like a pop punk band 
and we became like a punk rock rock band. And yeah. Steve's like rock tempos, you know, and Phil was like blazing fast. And, you know, we listen to three to get ready now. We're like, Oh my God. It was just yeah, like, I love, I love that record. And I love those songs, but some of it is so hard to listen to. Uh, it's, it's off the rails. So it the sounds like you guys are like, trying to play so fast like for that style it's the urgency the urgency is there yeah uh, we didn't realize it at the time until we started playing with steve and then we're like whoa our song yeah 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 this is this is what a solid a rock band could sound like (laughs) and i think that was the perfect intro when jeff was already planning on playing guitar but like with the rock you know the, the the rock beat steve brought so anyways that was i think the cupcakes was the pre stuff we had kind of been worked out on tour and then there were still songs that like jeff had kind of written even more like the easy way and stuff on that when we had tried with phil and steve came in but i was gonna say steve why don't you talk about your intro and how you know late night phone call or whatever you know the, the story <laughs> um it's yeah, always it was, it's always a late night phone, phone call so it was a late night phone call from todd it was hey you know come uh we you want to come down and you know we've got some time and or you know I think Phil had broken his arm or something. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, yeah, Todd, Todd called me, asked me to come down and, and jam. Um, Brown Lobster Tank was breaking up, and so I kind of just swooped right in there. And, and jam- I, I remember, I know you guys probably don't, I remember the uh, my first practice with you guys. I didn't feel that I was very good. I even like was driving home going, dude, I think I just blew this thing, but clearly. The, I, the, the one thing I remember... And I think that like after we after I mentioned it, you never did it again. Is that your uh, your hi hat was closed for a lot? Uh, like you, you were always playing closed hi hat. It was like t- t- very quick, right? And yeah. I said, "How about just we can loosen up on the hi hat and just let it let it rock, let it rip." And then yeah. one, I think once we did that, it's like okay, this is the sound of the band now. Right, right, right. I, I also I think. think uh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I also think we were still in like shell shock from just that super high fast tempo and that's that first practice it just sounded weird because we're like whoa like little yeah. do we know you were playing normal like and how it should have sounded right. um, <laughs> yeah, but i just remember so. like we, we would always play with you know blt and stuff and just steve would just hit like the crap out of the drums and jeff and i would always be like dude that was like the best drummer we've like ever encountered live and um things with phil had taken not a, a negative term, but I think it was kind of mutual, you know, partying. And so then, you know, I was like, well, I'm just going to call Steve and Steve, come jam with us. And then the rest, yeah. like the first yeah. practice was awesome. Like it was just weird sounding because we weren't used to a steady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> steady. That, that's what it was. It was like, wow, this is how it, this is how it can be. Like, yeah, then it was. That was Which it. is what you hear in every last time you know, versus right. say three to get ready. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you can, you can hear, I, I've always said like from the very early game phase stuff, there's a progression where if you followed the group from the beginning, this album that we're going to talk about every last time doesn't like come out of nowhere. Like when I heard it, I just, it just sounded like a refinement of what I th- I think really started on, on cupcakes um, songwriting wise. And that's kind of why I wanted to, to touch on that one because you know first off it's nostalgic for me because that was my introduction to the band and then also because i do think it's kind of one of those records that 
hints at the things to come. Whereas maybe if it had just gone from three to get ready to this, that's a bigger jump. Right. I think cupcakes kind of was like a middle ground. So um, what we'll do now is I'm going to start the main channel part. So I'll leave a little break here for a second. Right. <laughs> All right. So we are here today for Rev 75, Game Face, Every Last Time. Uh, we've got return guest Jeff Caudill. Um, first, been on so many times, I can't even count. Uh, yep. But first time for an actual canon release. And then we have official. Uh, Todd Trout and Steve Sanderson. Todd uh, plays guitar for the band and Steve uh, is the drummer. Um, and we're talking about every last time. So I was trying to get a release date for this because a lot of stuff's kind of hairy from back then because, you know, for indie, for indie stuff like this that maybe wouldn't have been at like a Best Buy or something, like an indie shop, because I seem to remember it literally coming out on my 18th birthday, which would have been April of 99. Does that track April 2nd? I swear I remember getting it, but again, it could have come out even before that, or maybe I, I, I really don't know. I remember we played, I think, I think, I remember it was like, it was at least the spring, maybe even the summer we played at um, Virgin Megastore in orange, like for the, for the re- official release of the thing. And I feel like that was like at least in the spring or summer. So yeah, that's probably about right. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember much. So um, this is your first record on Rev. Um, as we talked yeah. about uh, in an exclusive Patreon clip, if you want to hear it, you know what to do. Um, you're on Dr. Strange records, which you still have a relationship with to this day. They've done some really cool represses of the back catalog. Um, yeah, like the, sure. like the cupcakes that we talked about, uh, on 12 inch, you can get from Rev HQ or Dr. Strange. Um, so how did you get on Rev? How did that, was it something like to Dr. Strange, we, was the contract up? Was it, was it one of those things where there really was no contract? Um, I remember I think thinking it was a big deal as a fan. Oh my God! They're like I already like this band, and and now they're going to be on Revelation. That's amazing. We yeah we I mean, it was a big deal for us. I mean we we, we I we, I was really sort of gunning for it, um, but it definitely took some convincing for sure. I think uh, you know yeah, our 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 days with Doctor Strange or like like they were it was like a there was like a loose contract I think <clears throat> maybe. Uh, you know, a couple records and an EP or whatever. Um, we, you know, as we just, we talked about previously, we felt like we were a pop punk band ready to become a real rock band. And we had, you know, we, we had the, the good drummer now we had the, you know, we'd like, we were, we were kind of, you know, I started playing guitar with the band there was a lot of changes we we were like slow changes we were making to kind of evolve into the what the band that we you know that we always really sort of wanted to become and it did take some convincing to to um Jordan and the Revelation I think that like Game Face is a polarizing band in the Revelation world 
even as we speak right now. And I think it's a good example, or it's a prime example, that you're the only one on this podcast right now. Not your, not Javier and not Jason. So why but, do you think that, why do you think that is that it's that it's polarizing? I wouldn't necessarily go that far as to say it's polarizing, but it is. I've I've often said it's um you have a, a it's niche maybe, but then part of me like I played this record, you know, just I love the episodes where I really don't have to prep much because I know the record inside and out. Yeah, but I I, I, po- I popped this on right before we recorded on the turntable just because. And I was like, I don't see how someone that listens to, you know, Elliot or Texas is the reason or far side or sense field or any of the stuff that we're all your contemporaries, like wouldn't like this. So, but why do you think it is that? I, I think when we're talking about, you know, the, the more hardcore yeah. uh, side of, uh, of revelation, I think that, you know, like send, you know, sense field, Texas is the reason far side, et cetera. Those are all, all of our peers and our, our friends. And, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of, dissent within within there as well but we've always you know but we know we, we know the deal that it, it's it was we, we did have to sort of convince jordan that it was a good idea and i, I don't know if todd you want you want to speak speak to that because i i i, I do remember because i think at the time point. you know and so you mentioned like texas reason all that right but at the time you know there came face super fast you know three get ready pop punk um, and then it was this complete different, uh, like our next stage of progression, you know, Jeff playing guitar, writing a little more uh, intricate songs, I would say, you know, than just the, the punk rock themes. We were all wearing pants on stage. We had yeah. no, no shorts rule. Yeah. Even uh, Steve? Did Steve no, no, have to no, wear no, pants? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, Steve can do what, what he wants. But, but there was, there was, like, <laughs> there was a, like, no, like no one in the band is wearing shorts on stage anymore. We are a mature. Uh, Grown up. Grown up band, yeah, but, but that that also happened right around that same time because we, we really, I just really felt like we need to grow up. And I and I, I remember uh, Jeff had talked to Jordan and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I like you guys. I just don't know if it's a good fit." And you yeah. know, we said, "Just come down to the practice studio. Like, hear our new record." And he came down and we ran through a couple songs. And I I remember him just instantly being like, "Yes, this is great." And from there, it was like total rev and, and, and Jordan was awesome to work with. And when we toured, you know, the rev van and I mean, from there it was just a total next step up. But I think that was the thing. Well, you guys are like a good pop punk band, but you know, revelation hardcore and, and, you know, Jeff and I, and, you know, we were total, you know, hardcore guys, you know, as far as youth today and inside out and all the bands, you know? Um, so it, it was a really good fit once we did that, but it was a little different. And I think, you know, then it, it kind of fit in. Rev kind of seemed like, okay, they had the hardcore, then they had Farside, right? Game Face, Texas is the reason it kind of went to the two different, you know, spots. And Jeff did a ton of, I think, album layouts and stuff for Rev. So Jeff was really immersed, I think, and, and could probably yeah, that, that, that was around that, that was around culture. the time I was I was right. sort of just in, in their orbit, you know, because I was working at the label. And, and um, so, yeah, it was... It's funny, it's it's funny to think that they were you know ended up being reluctant to sign you and then they did and as jeff and i've talked about you have several releases on this label this isn't a one-shot deal there's the split there's the another album and there's uh you know some seven inches both jeff solo and a game face um but it's funny i watched 
your electronic press kit for uh, now is what matters now. And you see newfound glory talking that they tried to sign and Rev was like, well, we already have game face. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. turned him down. Yeah. So, oh, no. yeah. But, yeah. But we had nothing but a positive experience with Rev. Like, I mean, everything, like I said, Jordan was great. Um, you know, and, and that was my recollection. Maybe you guys had more in depth, but I mean, very supportive in a lot of senses. And there was never, like I said, it just, it, it really, I think catapulted us to the next level that we were looking to take. You know, and the record's still in print, which is, I think, you know, a lot of labels don't necessarily keep a lot of the stuff in print. But I think, you know, at least to my recollection, a lot of the releases that were coming up on, you can still get. They're still making different variants and stuff, which as a yeah. band has to be pretty cool that, like, you know, people can discover you guys. You know, someone may listen to this interview and want to check it out and they can actually get the record. Yep. Steve, how about you? How about you with with Rev? Just what do you? What was your take? Were you a were you a fan first? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I always, but I, I was more of a fan of or you know, I love Sensefield. Sensefield's one of my favorite bands, so I was a, a fan of that side of it more than I was the hardcore side of it. I mean, I, I like some of that stuff, but but um, but yeah, and Rev was always great. I had never had any problems, you know, being on Rev or working with Jordan or whomever. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. And then did you guys have any, um, what was your take more so Todd as the guitar player, your take when Jeff's like, Hey, I'm going to play guitar and sing too. No, I mean, and the songs, I mean, Jeff wrote majority of the songs. I think, you know, there was always good collaboration, you know, with the band, but yeah. it just really opened up like the songwriting and, you know, like I, I'm a big Tom Petty guy. I mean, you know, Bowling Fever, and like Tom Petty was really kind of, you know, outspoken and, and his songwriting. And I, I, I put Jeff in very similar in my mind. Like it's very similar. Jeff's the leader of the band, like the, the outspokenness and, and he could write a song about, you know, a political statement or he could write a song about, you know, like, you know, a relationship girlfriend type thing, you know, and, and encompass all that. It wasn't just this one lane highway. Um, so when he brought the guitar playing in, like it just elevated, you know, and he's way better guitar player. I mean, so I don't, I don't know why we kind of, I guess I couldn't sing, so I could only play guitar. So that's how we started, I think, the band, <laughs> and, you know, and Jeff was a singer. But like you listen to the Pirate song, for example, like, and you just hear the difference, you know, in the two guitars, you hear all the different stuff. Hey, radio, you know, those type of songs on this record, Shock Tester, um, you know, and I remember us writing some of that stuff and I was going to say, if you guys don't mind, when we, like Pirate Song is a perfect example. It was just after Cupcakes. We played a show, and I think it was in Buffalo, you know. And I remember we pulled up, and there was another, it might have been Kid with Manhead's band, but they had a Descendant sticker and a Game Face sticker on the back window. And I was like, that was a moment for me. Like, God, I have arrived. Like, you know, that was super <laughs> cool. And to this, to this day, like, that's still a really fond memory. But we had a limited set. You know, Steve had only been in the band for six months or something like that. I remember we played our show and uh, some fanzine person had written this terrible review how we were trying to be rock stars and arguing about money and all this stuff. And it's like, well, we were arguing about like the dollar that was promised us per head. And I remember at the end of the show, it was like, well, there's like, you know, 200 people here. We should get $200, which is not 
this rock star <laughs> payment. And, oh. I, and that's where like Jeff writes the line, you know, you don't know what it's like to be a slave and not get paid. And like that kind of catapulted this album and the themes and Jeff's guitar playing. So like, it was a wonderful, you know, also hid some of my inequity, you know, inequities on guitars. I'm a guitar hack. Um, so it was great. Like I'm saying to have Jeff bring that in the musical, but like, I don't think that would have been possible Jeff without Steve joining the band. Cause I think that really did because like we tried to play the, yeah, like I, three I, I ready songs with two guitars and some of them, like it didn't work. Like, you know, just like yeah. June didn't work with two guitars. But when Steve came in and brought the, like the yeah. beats, I mean, it really opened that up. So totally. Yeah, I mean, it's a long it, it, version, but yeah, it's, I think it was important to know. It that. gave us, it gave us a, an awesome dynamic because yeah, it, it just, it fattened everything up a little bit, but it also, you know, for like shock tester where it's, you know, a quieter song, but yeah, it's got the, you know, the two different guitar parts. Um, but it just, and it makes when we go into the big part, you know, the, into the chorus, it makes it that much bigger too. So it's, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it's it, like I've just remembered hearing it for the first. I mean, even just pirate song, you know, obviously first song on the record. Get the CD, put it in, and I was like, oh wow, they're they're like they're going for it. But to me, going for it was a good thing. I was like, they're you know they're going for like actual like song craft, and not right. you know like yeah. just like trying to yeah. write a song. Like I mean, I remembered he like you know, and you had a, a video for my star. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is, you know, this was right around the time too, where they had like MTV two was playing a lot of like videos of indie artists. And I remember being like, these guys are going to get huge. This is like, you know, this is a fucking radio song. Yeah. Remember when that didn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the, uh, the, the video, like the, one of the best, most, uh, my, my mom, my mom, this is one of the best things that that had, had that my mom has ever said to me, because she never, you know, she never really got the band. She or, or she, I mean, she she gets it now. She understands, you know, why why I do what I do. And but it wasn't until then. It wasn't until she was in Nordstrom shopping, and then there was the big screen with they they would play all the you know the videos and whatever. Yeah. She, but like she she said she was in Nordstrom one day, and all of a sudden she's like, I know this music. I know, you know, and she, she looked up and it was like, I'm on this screen and, you know, and there's her soon to be, uh, uh, you know, daughter-in-law or, and, and, but she's, that was like a shining moment for her to, you know, and it, and it felt, it was validating for me and it felt real to her. And, and, but yeah, right around that time, cause right around the time, you know, that so many bands, it was just a lot of bands were either make, you know, tr trying their luck at a major label that kind of music was like on the radio. Um, you know, it didn't work out. I mean, everything, I think everything works out sort of the way it, it should. Would you but, say it's, it's funny how it all works out? It, right. It does, <laughs> it does all, all work out. But, um, but yeah, but th that moment, that, th that moment in time where, where that music was really everywhere. Um, that was, it, it was, it was fun. And, 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 and I, I was, I'm super proud of, the record we made around, you know, at that time and, and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's hard to not, you know, feel, you know, give me a little jealous of the bands who made it a little further. And but, I was going to ask about that because, well, you know, I played in bands and, 
you know, I've seen bands that open for my band end up getting big and you can't help but feel a little bit like, oh man, like what are we doing wrong? And, and I guess seeing now thinking about that era of stuff, at least with Rev, it was like nobody really, like Farside didn't break through big either. Like Mm -hmm. they were, you know, kind of same deal as you guys, like on Rev, had a fan base, you know, played shows, toured, but it wasn't like they were, you know, on MTV or being courted by major labels. And, right. and from talking to those guys, if you listen, like they didn't really care about that stuff anyway, really. Yeah. Um, and then Sensefield, you know, and then you see what happened to them. It's like, they got kind of hosed by signing totally. with a major label yeah, who, because who wants, who wants that? Yeah, they lost that. so that much rough. momentum. So it's almost like you can't really, and they didn't end up really breaking big, even though they made excellent records for, you know, a- after they left Rev. Yeah, that's the thing. said about Jawbreaker. You know, I mean that. Same, you know, yeah. I mean, but now years later, they're getting their due. Thank God. But right, that was like yeah. the major. So. Yeah, you can only control what you can control. I mean, at the at the time, we you know we made. A, I thought we made a really great record, and that's the that was really the only thing that we could really control as far as you, know, you can't tell you can't you can't just tell people to love your love your band. Right, and at the end of the day, too, it's like. You had a record on Revelation, even if it was only this one. I don't have a record on Revelation, you know. Like you, you, like it's it's still a pretty cool thing, and it, it makes it easier, I think, for the legacy of the band to live on because you know, look, there's what's this record's almost twenty five years old, and we're yeah. here talking about it. There's other records that came out probably at the same time that nobody remembers at all. For sure. You know, so you went in with Jim Monroe. Did he do cupcakes? I forget. E. No, no, no. Yeah. E, um, right. We, we, we knew Jim from the, for the record family. Like he, 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 he may have like, uh, engineered some vocals or, you know, did a, had a small, I, I don't, I don't remember who, I don't remember how we, or at what point we started using him, but I know that it was, it was through Farside. They had, they had a, a really good rapport with Jim. We felt like moving, it, we felt like it would be a step up to use Jim rather than to stay with E at, and stay for the record. Um, we, and, and, and I think it was Jim's idea to go to other studios and track drums and guitars. And we, um, we, I think it's, I have, I have some, I, I, you know, I have this notebook here. This has like just about everything that happened during that time. So I was, I was going through this. I want to say it was Jim's idea to use, uh, to track drums at Grandmaster, which is a studio down in, or it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. But at the time, uh, Foo Fighters had just recorded Color and the Shape there. Okay. And so, and I was like, say no more, you know, that, that that's where we should go. The uh, studio was cool. It had like a captain's, a captain's helm, like a, you know, the, the wheel in, in, in the break room. And I mean, it was maybe even like a, pole, like a pole, like a, not a stripper pole, but like a, maybe a fire, a fireman's pole or something. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it was a, it was a, your typical sort of rock Hollywood studio. And so we thought, let's, you know, let's move on up. And so we recorded there with Jim. And I remember we, we recorded some demos with 
jam and most of the record we had like just about every song minus my star and pirate song ready to go and uh uh mercury dimes which at the, at the time was just called stoner jam because we didn't we, there was no uh, <laughs> there was no uh vocals yet but we um yeah so we had the record mostly in the can and ready to you're not in the can but we ha- had the songs ready to go by the time we hit the studio but i do remember some decisions being made for instance like the the intro to pirate song that was the little the little uh, melody that goes on top of the beginning of the song that wasn't written until like it was sort of on the spot in while we were tracking guitars i, I knew i wanted something there but i didn't know what it was and so i mean i just remember just sort of playing with a few things until we until we landed on that. Did you know pretty straight away that that was going to be the first track? I I think so. I, I think Steve didn't like the song, right? <laughs> yeah, that I uh, in my head I didn't say anything to anybody, but yeah, in my head I was like, I don't, I don't, because I, I also didn't when we practice. I can't really, I don't know what Jeff is singing. I can hear the melody, but the speakers are usually either in front of me or just you know. Or I'm playing right. so loud that I can't hear it. Um, so I didn't know what he was singing about. I didn't know the lyrics. Um, and when I finally did hear it, like everything together, I was like, all right, this song is awesome. But yeah, I, uh, initially when we recorded it in my head, I was like, oh, we'll just, you know, maybe this could be like, you know, uh, on a side to a seven yeah. inch or something. Um, yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was different. Like I, I remember like we, we had, we had most of this record done and a lot of it was like stuff that we do, you know, uh just you know it, it was like i said it was still was a step up from you know like a pop punk record but it was stuff that we do and i was like what can, what can i add what can we add that's a little bit of you know just what's a, a little bit of a curveball and at the time I, I i know i was thinking like weezer or something a little bit you know not in the same tempo or not not in the same swing that we normally fall into because we do have a few things that we do you know, all the, all the time, you know, we, you know, it's, it's the fast verses and the, we, we, we break it down halftime and, you know, we do that. We do what we do. But I, I remember thinking that the pirate song was a, a, a diagonal step away from what we were all, always doing. And That's so I thought that was a fun experiment. And I think Jim and Roe, uh, and I love working with E, you know, E was awesome, but I'm saying, I think then, the difference with Jim Monroe is he kind of really talked to us about a lot of things. Hey, what about this? Or I remember him, you know, uh, sitting down with Steve and Hey, kind of going through a couple <laughs> di- well, a couple different options, but I'm saying like, he really kind of talked things through with us. So I think like to Jeff's point, yeah. that's how some of these things, even we were able to develop some different stuff, you know, based off of the discussion versus previous records. It's like, all right, ready? Go, yeah, yeah. Record. He took more of a producer oh. role, basically. Right. Right? Yeah, 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 for and, sure. And yeah, I, I, I do feel like Jim. He definitely kept his distance to to a point. Like he, he didn't, he didn't want to, you know, come in and be like, I think, you know, I, I, I think he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's, you know, played. You know, he's, he's a drummer. He's a musician. He, he, you know, and, and um, I know he didn't want to sort of roll over what what we were doing. But he did have he uh, yeah he did always have a good perspective and uh, uh, you know and he would he would take you aside as Steve knows and, and just you know kind of you know give, give you a little a little insight. Drummers little, love that. Yeah, yeah, he, they uh, love it. <laughs> I think I, 
so I yesterday I uh, knowing that we were going to do this, I played the record. I you know put headphones on and played through the whole record. And I want to say it was the easy way. At the end of that, I think I kept speeding up when we were recording. I didn't we didn't record it to a click track. And yeah. he came in, yeah. yeah he grabbed a chair and spun it around and put his arms up on the back of the chair and was like, you know, I'm your friend, right? And I was like, Oh God, what? He's all, you're speeding up so much at the end. Like it's not even, he's all, if it's a little bit, that's fine. But he's all, dude, it's in a different, completely different tempo at the end. So I had to, I had to like, and he would, once we got going with the song and recorded it again, I remember he he was like kind of moving his hand by keeping me, uh, giving me a, you know, a click track his own. And so I like, I got the, I got the, the take after just watching him and not, you know, you know, making sure I didn't speed up, but yeah, yeah, you know, I'm your friend, right? I, I think Jim was very quiet, <laughs> but when he would actually like talk, which was wasn't rare, but it was not a norm for Jim just to be Mister Talkative. That's when I think all these conversations would start having. So I think it allowed us to be able to kind of not necessarily rethink, but think forward progressively, like what Jeff said. Hey, pirate song needs something else. Where in the past we didn't have any of those uh, discussions or recording discussions in the studio you know yeah yeah really, yeah like, like yeah the song, nice process. the song and 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 we didn't we did it wasn't a lot of second guessing or changing anything up until this album where we really were like let's you know you know you know it wasn't you know we didn't like flip it it and, wasn't discouraged jim was like okay yeah like let's check that yeah, out let's yeah, run through yeah. that and see versus no no it's good how it is let's move on you right. know so yeah. Am I safe to assume that, you know, being now with Rev, you probably had a little bit more of a budget and more time to do the record than maybe before where it was probably like, what are the, you know, a shoestring, you know, we got to get oh, yeah, in and, yeah. and, and oh, 100%. We, yeah, we, and we spent every penny of, 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 <laughs> of whatever, whatever our budget was, but yeah, we, you know, we took advantage of that. Do you remember like, what it was? We've started, we've started having people talk about that. I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, but do you remember what it ended up being to record it? I don't even know. Yeah. No. It, it, it wasn't as much as Farsight spent on the Monroe Doctrine. Yeah. And it didn't no, take no, us I, long I, either. Right. No, we were always very efficient in the studio. We, we, I, I, I don't think we went, we, I don't think we went over what we were given or promised. No, I, I think it was all within reason, but, 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 but yeah, definitely was a, definitely a step up from what we had been. You know, we recorded, I think, drums and guitars at Grand or Grandmaster. Grandmaster, yeah, yeah. And then we actually, yeah, to save some money, we tracked vocals at Jim's house. Yeah. Is that the sword de Blanco? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Crash of White. Um, yeah, we we um, did vocals there. I do remember. I, I remember a lot. I, I remember singing the song and there's some video and I, I love to dig this up. There's some video of singing the song mean probably about 20 times and getting hung up on the timing of the, the little break where it says, but I, and uh, I love that part. But that was a, that was a thing where um, yeah, Jim would just keep, he would call me, but I, <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. So we, yeah, do his vocals there to save some cash because he had a nice little uh, garage studio set up, and it was actually pretty nice. And then uh, we went to Cherokee, 
to mix, yeah. To mix yeah. in Cherokees all, in, on Fairfax in, in Hollywood. And I think it's still there. It's different on, on, under a different name. But I remember we did laughable overdub guitar parts at Jim's house, too. That's right. Yeah. Like, uh, like clean guitar stuff or... I just remember the middle. Yes, I do. Wait, remember laughable the from the next record. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's on. Um, right. But yeah, we. we, we but did, I remember like, us doing yes, guitar portions. At yeah, we, we we did little. use his home studio. In you know records to come for for sure, um, but quite a bit. But yeah, that but but I do I think I remember when we were during the Everlast Time era when we were doing vocals. I think that like he would, the he had just moved in or the, the, it wasn't quite really it wasn't like the nice little setup he's got now. Hence the name, the Sura de Blanco. But how did it feel when it was all done and you heard it back finally? Because it, it sounded like one thing I noticed playing it is like it doesn't to me it doesn't sound. It takes me back to that time instantly when I heard it, but it doesn't really sound. It doesn't sound dated. It doesn't have that like dated sound. I think it held up quite well, even just from a sonic standpoint. Yeah, I, I think the record is what it should be. Yeah, it's that it's not over. It's not overproduced in any way. No, nah. and it's not. It's not like it's not the best sounding record. I don't think, but I think for what it is, it's. I think it's what you know. It's what it should be. I think. Yeah, I I think exactly what you said. I think it sounds I think it sounds great for what it is. And I and one of the reasons I wanted to use Jim is because I love his the drum sound he gives. I love how how the drums sound on that record. Yeah, it's I think it's always good to record or, or um, you know have a drummer involved in in um, your process because they really they, they agreed spend extra attention to you know that that's really the the part that matters. You can record guitars and vocals any, anywhere. Um, but uh, you know, a drum drums are it, that's a science. So it's good, yeah, good to have someone sure. that knows their shit. So this was all new tracks, uh, except for everything I do is wrong. Uh, was redone from the antimatter comp, which um, yeah. Todd and Steve. I don't know. I know Jeff knows. We did an episode on the antimatter comp when we first started out, and as you'll know, at the end of this one, we do our hot tracks. And that was Norman Brannan's hot track on the on the compilation was uh, your song, right um, which I thought was all pretty awesome because it's a great song. What made you decide to pop it on here? We just like, well, the comp's three years old, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you'll slow it down. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that was also that was recorded with Phil when we recorded for the comp. Yeah, I think that we were like, let's you know, let let's give this one a you know, the, uh, more of a, uh, professional approach. Um, yeah, cause when we would play it, we would, it, you know, obviously it was slower, slower yeah. than the original version. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it I, fits I, on the record. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. It didn't have to be I mean, the record. It's pretty long. It's a pretty long album. It didn't have to be on there, but I think that we just were like, for the sake of bringing everything up to current, the current day, you know, it was a song that was in our set. It was like kind of considered within that new batch of, of songs um, it was one of the few songs musically i wrote so i think i was like yeah hey, we we're wanted, putting it we, on there because you know yeah. you'd have some type of a legacy right so right. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah that that was a uh uh i think with steve coming in and kind of retooling it like it was definitely fit the record so yeah 
I mean, and it's a, it's a, it's a revered comp, you know, that compilation as far as nineties is one that people still, you know, put up there with the best. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's a great compilation, but at the same time, it's a compilation that, you know, fell pretty quickly out of print and stuff. So it's, it's nice that people can hear the song. I know Farside did the same thing with Moral Straight Jacket, you know, ended up yeah. putting it on. It's not like you put it on the record that came out, you know, a month after the comp. I think the statute of limitations for for it was had had expired by the time it was on here, um, and it and it does fit the record. Like I would never have known that it was an older song. And I think we were touring with that was Texas's first tour. I think with us when we were playing that song. So that's how the whole I think anti thing came out as far as yeah. the comp and mm-hmm. the pictures being used. So I think yeah, it was just a. And it carried over. Yeah. And they were, I mean, Texas, as you all know, were huge for, I mean, they kind of got bigger when, once they stopped, but like, at least like, as far as like record wise, I mean, that was a big record. And that was how I got into game face was, you know, we've, we talked about it, Jeff, I know before, but the whole, you know, lyrical, uh, theft as it were, that was, you know, credited. Um, so I always linked both bands together in my mind. So again, I was always surprised that like people like that the same amount of people that love Texas weren't like game face stands. Um, but you know, can't make, you can't make people love you, man. You really can't. <laughs> but um, so uh, I wanted to touch on, cause I know that Jeff is a designer and Jason would be bummed if I didn't ask the design, you know, you're, I've got a lot, yeah, I've got a lot to say about, about um, this, you're, this record, you're, a, sure. you're a, a graphic designer, as we know, and uh, it looks like here, you know, uh, you did the photography uh, and sleeve design. And then, of course, the band photos weren't taken, uh, weren't taken by you. Right. Um, I guess, first off, the time on the front, the tr- the, the running time, was yeah. that sort of a either conscious or subconscious nod to basically be like, this is an album. This isn't like a 23 minute, you know, fast, like, so the kind of people could know what they were getting into. Like I liked, I liked that it was a pretty good chunk of a, of a record. And, you know, and we, we, you know, we went over 40 minutes. Um, um, but also, um, you know, just the 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 uh, the theme of the the theme of the record is you know it, time time. I mean, it's a little on the nose, but but yeah. And I, I just just in and design wise, I thought it was cool. Sometimes you you see the old like you know '60s records with the running time on 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 the front, and I thought I thought that was cool. We we um or the photography thing. Like I had taken, can't remember. I'd taken some uh, like photography classes in college, and at the time, I was I was like, I'm, I'm gonna you know take a photo for every song, or or do some sort of a photo essay for every song on the album, and then and then after that, then I would know, then I would see what I had, and then I could figure out um, what to do for the album. But that yeah, there was uh, a lot of a lot of black and white photos taken. And I think that I could probably back in the on the cutting room floor. There's probably a, there's probably a song, or probably a photo for each, each song. The album title 
came later. It, um, there was a few titles thrown around. Actually, uh, the difference between flying and falling was a, uh, a contender at the time. And I, 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 I told you I have this book and I went back and looked through this notebook and there's an entire um, album layout sketched out for, you know, if the album were to be called the difference between flying and falling, I have the whole like thing right here. It's of what it was. The double F's or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so, well, the, 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 the F's thing, the, yeah, the, 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 the Latin, the sort of curly F's that it, it, I think it, the symbol F, it, like it means fin- final or f- finality or some, I don't really remember the deal, but I, I remember thinking that the difference between flying and flying was a cool title. And then I was like, you know what? No, well, I'm just going to, I just want to call the record F or just that symbol. And then we thought, or I was like, I could see like in the future, like, oh, Game Face has taken it upon themselves to to put a grade on their album for us already. Yeah, you're kind of so. kind of shit sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was, I stopped that. But yeah, but the, yeah, there, there's a few different ideas where I was, but but just thinking about the songs, I remember thinking about like the 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 songs deal with you know moments in moments in, in your life and I, I had written this whole thing about like um, I'm, I, I can even read it since I have it here like it says every last time there wasn't a song called every last time but it's but but so I have this whole page in my journal it says when was the last time you cried she says this would be the last time the last time I drank I thought of you weren't you here the last time I can't remember the last time I saw her this is the last time I try and let's see. And oh yeah. And that was the last time we talked. That's what you said. The last time, the last time I ate, I, the, the last time I ate that I threw up the last time I was here, I had more fun. And anyway, it goes on and on. And that's when I kissed her for the last time. Um, if I knew this, this was going to be the last time I would have tried harder and it goes on and on and on. And so I have, I was sort of obsessed with the idea of like, knowing or not knowing which time would be the last time. So, so hence every last time. So that's where the title came from. Um, the closet doors or the, or the, the hangers, sorry, yeah. the, the hangers in, the, in the closet. I remember when we moved into, uh, you know, I was for me, like around that time, everything was about to change. I was about to get married. I was trying to think about starting a real career. Um, it was the first time playing guitar with the band, you know, we, um, so there's a lot of lasts and firsts happen, happening. But I remember when we moved into our new apartment, it was all these empty closets. And then these, there was nothing in the, in the, nothing in the apartment at all, but those hangers, those wooden hangers were there. So someone, whoever who had left, had left those. And I thought that was really cool. And so I left them. I just kind of left them in the closet for a long time, took a bunch of photos and that was the thing. The uh, difference between flying and falling, it was a bunch of like just upside things that are upside down. Like I'm just taking photos like and turning them upside down. And then the, uh, there was also a moment where the cover was going to be, I don't remember what made, what, what all the photos that made it into the layout, but um, the, the, the image for everything I do is wrong was a, uh, 
Oh yeah, that's. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, the the image for every everything I do is wrong was a by it was like by these bicycle handlebars with the with these silvery tassels like blowing in the breeze. And for a moment, I thought that that was going to be the, the album cover too. But I, I don't even know if that even made it into the uh, album. It's anyway. Not. Yeah, there's a, there was a lot of a lot of cool, pretty cool photography that uh, um, was was either used or or not for for this record. But then there's the back photo. Yeah, hey, that's me. Yep. <laughs> On Tom there. Oh, there I see you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that, <laughs> that that was in yeah the the the, the band photos were taken at the airport. Was that before a tour, after a tour, on a tour? Yeah, it was probably before. I think it was in New York. Yeah. I think it's New Jersey. Jersey. New York. Yeah. Probably. And I'm trying to think of what else. What else I want to ask about this one? Um, oh, conscious decision not to use the logo that had been on the the past few records. Yeah. Either with the- yeah, I thought that you know new era you know uh, let's go a little a little more classy you know people have seen that block the block logo for 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 a long time and oh and then i oh i guess the the latest one was the star the star logo because that was on the cupcakes record because i'm thinking um three to get ready and good had the block letter like almost like ska looking yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh-huh. Cupcakes had the G yeah. and the star. Yeah, we've we've definitely come back to embracing the star, the star logo. Um, but yeah, this one I just thought, yeah, it it just felt right for the for the, the only thing I, I don't like, I don't like the 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 tracking of, of the uh of the the type on, on the front. It's all it's all too tracked out. For someone a layman like me, what do you mean? Like the, the the spacing between the <laughs> the spacing between the letters, it's just it, 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 I think it could be it could be tracked in a little bit more, like tighter. Yes, tighter tighter spacing. And Jason will know. Like, how would you not know? Right. Because I was thinking too, the track listing <laughs> on the back is. Uh, oh yeah, we we didn't help anyone out by by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you have to open up the record to just to actually know the order. Yeah. The back is just a photo of the tracking sheet from the studio. From the studio. Um, and it's in no order at all. Yeah. I was going to say it's it's definitely not helping anybody, but it looks cool. Um, I want to ask, I was thinking about this between cupcakes, uh, the lyric and everything I do is wrong, licking the bowl. Jeff, are you a baker? Do you have a do you have a, a no, baking no, side? No, I'm, I'm a I'm a sweet tooth though. I I I love me some sweets. So you know, there's the um, lyric "Save the uh, hope you'll save me the last piece." Yeah, I feel yeah, like it, no. and I always pictured it was a cake or a pie. I mean, right, right. You know, so yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I, I I like I like my sweets. I think it's a, right. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice metaphor. I think. Sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. This this record definitely was like game face. Mach two, uh, for sure, and yeah. then you know the ones that it came was, after it. It. Mm-hmm. it was a conscious step up in, in, in every way. The way we you know presented the the art and the way we sounded and the way we just we just were you know we just tried to to make make grown up music. So it comes out. We said spring, summer, whatever. Ninety nine. 
Uh, tour. Who did you tour with? Where did you tour on this one? Was that uh, Air Type 11? Yeah. yeah. We met. I think we were gone. I think we were out for like nine weeks, something like that. Eight or nine weeks. We were gone for a while. Yeah, we did a, a really long U.S. tour. A lot of it with Air Type. Um, we played with, um, was it Grade in Canada, right? Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, hottest yeah. In history of Canada. <laughs> Literally, Literally, you guys, yeah, we played, you guys brought that Southern California sun yeah. up with yeah. you to Canada. Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, I think it was. It was the hottest day on record, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, it's Toronto. Yeah, because they were they were yeah. big in in that area, right? Yeah. Great. So we played um, Toronto, or um, I'm trying to think the other Toronto. Oh, what else is up there? Ottawa, Ottawa City, Quebec City, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eric type 11, who you ended up, who you ended up doing the split with, which luckily we'll get to talk about separately. Yeah, that, that was, that was born from that, from that tour. So what's up for last show was here in LA with AFI. Oh yeah. And it was huge. Yeah. That, that was a, a that was memory. right when they really started. They were, I mean, literally 99, they were like at that point in time, they were my favorite band. Like well, they, in the world. Definitely. Uh, someone's. <laughs> we were a lot of people's not, favorite, <laughs> right? And and we were not not their favorite band uh, at that show. Um, that was a, a memorable show because yes, of the just the infinite sea of middle fingers while we were playing. While we were playing, like we were we we had stuff thrown at us. We had people yelling at us, and to to. <laughs> to, to I, I, <laughs> To, you got um, beers thrown at you, right? Oh yeah, yeah we had, I, 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 yeah. I got like I, I think I got like hit in the nose with a quarter. Yeah, we, got, we weren't I, uh, fast I, enough for that show. Yeah, yeah, we we, 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 I think, yeah, it was the end of our tour, and we were really kind of just feeling the, you know, we were like really kind of grooving on the sort of heavier mid tempo thing. We even had this part in um, the song uh, uh, "Only Chance We Get." where we would freeze, we would sort of like, the, yeah. there's a mid part where it gets quiet and there's feedback and there's a you know dramatic part where, you know, Paul would start playing the bass chords real slow. But we drew that out because we, we, we knew that people would just be pissed at us for like playing so slow <laughs> and being so, but I remember doing the freeze for way longer than like we normally Two do. minutes of just straight feedback and people are like, just play. I remember, I, like I had my play. arms, I had my <laughs> arms out and there was like toilet paper just being like, you know, falling and just being draped on me as I <laughs> was, uh, was, I've never up. seen, I've, it's funny. Cause I've never, I've seen opening bands not really get, you know, people are just kind of bored, but I've fortunate, fortunately I've never been where, you know, and you hear about it a lot, right? I think, like, about I, these, I, I think it could, it could have been anyone. I don't know if it was, was, it wasn't just, it was, it wasn't us. I think it was just, People were really yeah. riled up to see AFI. There was AFI. two bands before us that were like blazing fast, like AFI. Well, and then there was, was us that's true. before it, AFI. It was Fury 66 and Death by Stereo. And then oh, us. yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then AFI. <laughs> and then we finished with Mercury Dimes, too, which was um, purposeful just to kind of fuck you to the crowd. But And it was like a huge show. Where I don't Was it at the yeah, Palace? Yeah, it was or, the Palace. The Palace yeah. in Hollywood. It was sold and out. It, and it was, it was just... The one, yeah. uh, the the few times that my parents 
went to see us play. My my parents were there too. Both our parents went for the first time. And ever. they're like, "Oh God, what's yeah. happening?" And and, and and my 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 folks were in the balcony, like the furthest back that they could possibly be. And even people sitting in front of them were like middle fingers up, and, and, and so like all it went all the way Great. to the back. And I remember them thinking, like, it's not always like this when you play. <laughs> so my mom and dad were sitting with Evan, Evan Jacobs, yeah. you know, Orange County hardcore scenester. And my mom says, Evan, why are they, like, yelling at them in a bad way? And he says, well, Mrs. Trout, that's show business. So <laughs> and I remember AFI, though. But AFI was like, we love you guys. And they asked the us was super the next cool night him. in San Diego. And we're like, no. But thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. So yeah, if I was, was like a game face, like fans, and like it was like, but how? Listen to your music versus ours. You know, now you listen to AFI, and it's like they have kind of taken that that right because that was anyways, like yeah. that was like Black Sails in the Sunset yeah. Yeah. era, yeah. which I mean, Probably. again, as an eighteen year old kid hearing that that one blew my mind. I was like, my wife's favorite band at the time. Yes, I, I was like, oh my god, this is like the best thing ever, and I still like it, but you know, I, I, I don't have that same like uh-huh. it doesn't flip me out every time I hear it. But it's, it's a damn good record. So um, it was it was definitely a memorable end to that tour, um, yeah. and it was an awesome show because there was a couple hundred people there for Game Face, and I remember us being able to. Like we snuck a few people in, like they carried all our guitars and it was a great show. But the whole 80% of that place was just like, shut the fuck up. Game. Yeah, was not yeah. great. Well, we like Jeff AFI. said, he got hit with quarters. I, yeah, I got, I got hit with a few quarters, pennies. I got hit with a uh-huh. lighter. I, st- I still have all that stuff. I kept it. I, after uh-huh. I, we were done, I jumped down off the drum riser and just grabbed a few things that I knew uh-huh. that hit me and nice. I have it in a bag. That's <laughs> This but is from the AFI. That's got to smell good too. <laughs> yeah, like, <I> think <laughs> we were we were like soaking that in. Like I said, we played Mercury Dimes on purpose. Just like, what's yeah. our slowest song? And you know, and it was awesome. So, and it sounded so good. Like that, you know. It was, yeah, it was, it was nice. To, you know, yes. we, we weren't used to playing. You know, big big venues. Right, that like big. That. So, yeah. So let's. We tried to soak it in. Yeah. And I guess before before we wrap up with you know our normal ending festivities. Did um when you did turn in the record to Rev, you know Jordan from seeing that practice and being like, yes. Do you remember what his reaction was when he heard the finished thing? I don't. I don't. Jordan, he called me and said, "Hey, come down like to Rev and let's like just hang out." And then like I'm down, and I remember he was doing like Gorilla Biscuit shirts, and I had like some hoodie on, and I was like, "Hey, do this," and he's like, "Yeah," and then he's like, "Hey, how about this?" And he just like I left with like the rev you know i look like a catalog model like he just i mean and i just remember he was so gracious and was dr you know strange and bill was and to this day bill's like shoving stuff on us but i just remember jordan was so personable um you know if you know jordan right like you know it's it's uh he's not like super super talkative but like he can be and it was just this really yeah. great time of this empty warehouse and we're sitting there. So I think he really did respond well to the record. And I think he knew it was a little bit different. And I think he was really uh, into that, you know, and that was kind of my takes of just when I started becoming friends with Jordan, you know? So to this day, we talk pizza more than music, but yes. <laughs> so, yeah. That sounds about right. But yeah. Um, 
I'm assuming, obviously, he liked it. You guys did more stuff. If he didn't like it, I don't know, right? Yeah. I doubt he'd be like, do you want to do another one? He, and I he mean, fixed the AC in the Rev Van for one of our tours, like before we took true. it out. So I remember that was a huge yeah. deal. So, oh, yes. Yeah. We I've toured without AC, and it's uh-huh. as unbearable as you can imagine. Um, uh-huh. All right, so I guess now it's time to kick... Jeff, you know the deal. Hot if tracks. you guys have listened, you know Hot Tracks, uh, Todd, Steve, we basically just go through and each talk about our favorite song on the record, whether, you know, for us, it's just as a listener or, you know, having some kind of connection. For you guys, it may be just memories of tracking it in the studio, playing live, a lyric that hits for you, whatever. So... um I don't know how we want to do it. Like, should I go first or should I go? La- I want to go last. I want to hear what you guys have to say mm-hmm. first. So I'm going to let the first timers go for Steve. Hot track. Hot track. Hot track. I think um, for, for me, Pirate Song, I'll, because I didn't like it at first, oh, wow. it turned into be one of my favorite songs. Um, uh, Pirate Song and Mean are my hot tracks on that record. I love playing Mean. Two songs that are still in the set today. For yeah. sure. Oh, Mean is still in the set. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I thought that was like a deep cut because I was like, oh, I love this one. Not no, my hot I, track. It would have been maybe a while back. I have a newer hot track as of the last couple of years, but I love from that. Playing, from playing the record yesterday, though, it was really fun to play the difference between flying and falling. I haven't played that in a while. I did. It took me like three tries to remember yeah, everything. Wow. And by the third mm-hmm. one, it was, I was like, all right, the song is a blast to play. But My one th- complaint with Mean was that it wasn't longer. Like I wanted that part, like the butt eye part. And like I wanted that part to just happen again because I liked it so much, mm, which exactly. is not a bad complaint, right? It's I not think, like I, it's I, too I, long. I, I think Game Face doesn't there's a lot of and my wife will will be the first to point this out that we do a lot of things once there's a lot of things that, that we should come back to, but um, but we purposely don't do like we don't grind the chorus to death or we don't you know we will we'll give you that one different verse but we won't repeat it again later yes in the song. and it used to um, it used to bother me because i liked it so much i love the <laughs> well, harmonies like the you know the uh feeling trapped inside that's why that's why we're part. not having this conversation on a yacht right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think we that we do purposely do a lot of things that are just not like you know not should not get us on the radio or to, you know, like the, we would, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem. Like but, if you went but, in with like a hit maker producer or something, they'd be like, you need to, you need to put this part again. Right. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. The, 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 the few times that we've like, well, the one time I do remember later on and this is like much later. Uh, I remember, uh, our buddy Helic, <laughs> we, we 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 had a song. This is this is for 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 the, the album Four to Go. But we had him. We considered using this other dude as a producer, and so we added these demos. And he and he's like, "Okay, cool, come on by." I you know I I did a little you know a little mixing or I did a, I did a little. I want you to hear this. And he cut the shit out of 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 one of our songs. And like, you know, chopped it up and like made things repeat. And then, and, and I remember walking out of there going like, there's no way we're using this guy. <laughs> but the thing is, 
I think that if, if I were to listen to that song now, I probably would think, oh yeah, this is a way better way, a way you know, like, like, like there's, there's definitely some <clears throat> logic to that stuff. I mean, I, sure. I know that, you know, there's certain songs that we have that I think that are a little long. Some songs are maybe a little short, um, but I don't know. We, 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 it's, they are what they are. Also to, to quote uh, our buddy Helix. <laughs> All right, Todd, what you got? Right. So I would say what I learned in school. Oh, that was mine. I mean, it was very uh, <laughs> kind of all the bullshit in high school. It just sums all that up and just the post, you know, and just the, like, I love just the, you know, it'll be a great reunion because I won't be there. Um, and then Jeff, I think Mike Baines played the little organ part, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I That's why I wanted to make sure and, and mention that, yeah, it, those songs are kind of a, a zing, a little zing to my friends from high school. We were coming up on our 10-year reunion, and we were going to be on tour instead of going to that. And so I, I, that's a, a song sort of directed at the, a lot of the guys who just went you know, straight to college and to a job, a boring job that they may or may not like. And, um, but yeah, the, and the, the fun thing was when I, we, I was humming along the pomp and circumstance the, I think that's the name of the, the graduation theme. I was actually going to ask that. Is it, that it, it, it drops in like, it, like it just drops in there like magically. I, I had, I, we didn't even try. It was just, you could just hum it. It was, it was there. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we have to, we, we, and we wanted to play it on an organ, you know, we wanted it to be, you know, but yeah, it just, it just really just worked out. It's a nice little Easter egg. Cause it's funny. I, I was, I real, I've listened to this record a ton of times. And I think today is when I like finally put my finger on, I'm like, wait a second. I was like, that's how I, cause I remember being like, I know this melody. I did graduate high school by the way so i i you know and, I, and college so I, it's not like i don't have any excuse but i was like wait a second that's where that melody comes from because i was like is this some you know like an old is it just one of those things where it just sounds like i think it sounds like something or or whatever so i just yeah. think again it gets back to the stuff we were talking about pre you know just jeff's you know being able to to kind of hit it on the you know hit the nail on the spot with those lyrics and just kind of the punk rock, you know, Hey, I don't have to be like what everyone else being like, especially, you know, kind of thematic in high school. So, uh, also, Hey radio, like the end, the musical part, just the, that's one of my favorite stuff to play. And even, you know, now, but that just was a very, uh, God, I would almost say Sam, I am esque type musical leap for us to kind of go into that ending, which I love how it plays out. Um, yeah, when, when, I think when we hit that that era, you know, we were definitely we, we toured with Texas is the reason. We toured with Sam. I am. We were very influenced by a lot of that guitar playing, and when we, we, we didn't really have a lot of, we didn't do a lot of that up until this record. And so, yeah, that, that definitely you can hear the Texas is the reason and Sam. I am and, and Sensefield uh, influence on 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 sure. especially on that song. Any so, yeah. of these songs never been played live. No, I think we played no, all. I, of them. I, I think we, yeah, yeah, we we would play all of them. So I also love the difference between flying and falling, and that was one of the musical songs like I had written, and just the lyrics Jeff put to it, and just the whole the angst of it, which I love. And I remember us playing Grosrock, uh, whatever was it, two thousand? 
oh, three, yeah, way, three or something. Back. People just like that's one of those vivid, you know, memories I have of people just like murdering each other out in the crowd. <laughs> um, there's a really cool. The last thing is, if you want my advice, one of my all-time favorite game based songs that just Steve's drums and everything just it makes that, and I I freaking love everything about it, like the the music, the lyrics, but the drums. Um, and I love playing that song live. Like I, 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 I listened to the record yesterday just to refresh. And uh, I, do, I have a, one, well, I, I guess it's a complaint about, uh, <laughs> if you want my advice, I, I do love the song also. I feel like we really, we, we really got it right after we recorded it like yeah. when we were touring when we were playing like i think it started to evolve and become something i think i wish we would have recorded it right. in, in the way the we state, play it yeah in the state that it is now and see um the re, the recording I, I feel like my guitar is very buried in the in the mix on the album which is fine I, I, uh, but I, I, but when I when I listened to it, there's a few things that I wanted to hear that I, I, I that I didn't that I couldn't hear as, as I couldn't hear as well as I remembered that. And I think that's we recorded it as a new, pretty new song, right? And then as we progress and touring and playing it live, it became the version that we love. Yeah. It gets honed a little bit and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so for yeah. me, um, it's funny. I feel like. 1999, if you asked me, it would have been my star even before there was a video. I was like, this is the hit. Yeah. Later on, Pirates. Okay. Okay. But as of the last few years, um, and this one took a new life for me actually seeing, I saw Jeff play it solo, uh, Mercury Dimes. Seeing, uh, seeing that song in the stripped down form and just how it, really still kept like the essence of the song was unchanged, even though it wasn't this, you know, the full band made me just realize what a great song it is. So that's oh, right the on, one. Right on, yeah. um, and I'm a sucker for a good last track. Cause I think it's super important. Like, and this one has a great opening track and a great closing track. And that's like, that's the way it should be. I don't like yeah. when stuff's it's it's kind of a bummer when you get a record and it's front loaded. You know, the yeah. first five songs are great, and then everything else is kind of like, as the kids say, mid. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so this isn't mid for me. So that's so good. That, that song I think encompasses the whole that would have never come to fruition if Jeff hadn't been started playing guitar. Like that was yeah, yeah. there's the Jeff started taking the lead. And now I'm kind of tucked in behind. And I think that was yeah. like the nice rock progression, like yeah. to a lot of the songwriting. So I think, you know, as we go back to the beginning of this interview, talking about how was it with Jeff starting to play guitar, there's a perfect example. You know, that song being born out of. We wouldn't have had that. Right. Totally. Well, everybody, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks I'm, for glad, I'm glad that this isn't the last time. This is not every last time. That's right. Because um, we'll have more more chances to chat, which is always nice. So thanks again and have a good one. You got it. What's up, y'all? It's Javier here. 
Listen, I want to give a special bit of bow to all of our patrons this month. Whatever level you help us out at, it's greatly appreciated. But I gotta be honest, I'm really here to give a special, special, extra special bit of bow to our top tier patrons, which I'm gonna read off for you right now in alphabetical order by first name. Billy Tunnell, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focus, John Cowell, Quiet Keith, Nate of Head to Wall Fame, Ryan Walker, Ryan White, Tad Payton, Tim Shear, Tyler of the Life and Death Brigade, and Siren Records. If you have any desire at all helping us out on Patreon, I promise you it's cool. You get extra bonus material, and it just really helps keep the podcast going. So head over to whereitwentpodcast.com. Get some more information, and we will see you next episode. Also, if you didn't know, this music that's playing behind me is a cover of a Judge song that was done by our friend Vadim Tabor. So, hope you enjoy that. See you next episode. Bye-bye.